For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Welcome, everyone, on this auspicious occasion. People here in the Lincoln Square Zendo, and for me, it's over there, but I don't know how to look directly at you. There? Yes. Okay, anyway, all of you coming to us online also, thank you very much. Ah, wonderful. This is a lovely, wonderful musenda. We've been in it a month, but we're still just finding how to be in it. And uh, it's wonderful. This is part of our process of Sangha renewal. Some of you were at similar day-long sittings, sessions at Irving Park Avenue, Irving Park Road, Zendo, where we were for a long time. This feels a little different in some ways, and it also feels homey in similar ways. And through the waves of pandemic and all of the other difficulties in our world, here we are still. This wonderful song, Doc. So I want to express appreciation to Ebenezer Lutheran Church, where we were for most of this past year. Gave us a chance to sit together, some of us to sit together in person. But this Lincoln Square Zendo, um, easier for many of us to get here, more facilities, there's a kitchen, a dokesan room, a practice discussion room, another a bathroom here and upstairs, another kitchen upstairs. So thank you to Hogesu for helping us to find this place. So, you know, you can sit sazen anywhere. Some of you I can see are Ajahn, I see you. Anyway, it's nice to see all of you sitting at home. And it's nice to be sitting here together in this syndrome. So, you know, in India and still in South Asia, most Buddhist monks sit alone. Sometimes there are assemblies and they get together, but, it's not, but meditation is done pretty much alone. When Buddhism moved to China, they started having zentos. They wanted to sit together. And the training and talent of 
Zen teachers and Zen priests is to find a way to make zendos, to make places where sangha can sit together. And this is lovely. So thank you to everybody who helped make this zendo possible. Many people. And, you know, we're also today and this week celebrating the great awakening of Shakyamuni Buddha in what's now Northeast India in about 2,500 centuries ago, more or less. The place where Buddha awakened under the Bodhi tree in India is called a Bodhi Mandala, a place of awakening, a site of awakening. And in Chinese or in Sino-Japanese pronunciation, that was translated into dojo. Dojo means a place of the way, a place of, of a, arriving at the way, of expressing the way. So now we think of that as uh, a term for martial arts studios, but actually it's also a technical term for zendos. This is a place of the way. So this world is difficult and fragile. Many, many people passed away because of the pandemic that we're still in. So I'm speaking without my mask, but people here are all masked. We're trying to honor the reality of our situation and still practice the way of Buddha. One of the chants we do, which we'll do at the end of the morning, is called the Song of the Brass Hut. And it's about the space of Zendus. So a grass hut may seem particularly fragile, but as we know from our wanderings, As a song, even though the song says it includes the entire world in 10 feet square, which was the space of a lattice, some can't help wondering will this hut perish or not? How do we take care of this wonderful, auspicious situation of having a lovely, wonderful place to practice? And for all the people we could not fit in today, there will be more times to come where you can find a space in here.
So in uh, one of the great uh, texts of our lineage, the Book of Serenity, there's a story. Many stories, a hundred stories, and actually story, many more stories in the commentaries to those stories, which is how Zen literature got to be so <laughs> profuse. But anyway, the world-honored one, Shakyamuni, who we're honoring today, was out walking with his assembly. So they went on walks together back there in India. Walking meditation, maybe more informally than the walking meditation we do. Anyway, the world honored one was walking with the assembly and he pointed to the ground and he said, this would be a great place to build a temple. And Indra, the creator deity in the Indian religious system, who was part of the assembly, listening to the Buddha, he took a blade of grass and he stuck it in the ground there. And he said, the temple is built. And the world honor one Buddha smiled. Yes. Our great ancestor, Homja, who picked the cases for the verse of, for the Book of Serenity and wrote verse comments, says, in part, in his verse, able to be master in the dusts of the world. From outside creation, a guest shows up. Everywhere, life is sufficient in its way. From outside creation, from beyond our usual way of thinking of the world, a guest shows up, or many guests, or a whole Zoom panel. Each one of us, a guest shows up. Sometimes <clears throat> the guest is a pandemic. Sometimes the guest is a change in the laws to help people. Sometimes a change in the laws to hurt people. A guest shows up, something new. And as we're sitting zazen, as, we're, as many of us are doing all day today, It might happen that as you are sitting, paying attention to thoughts and feelings and physical sensations, maybe the smell of incense, maybe some discomfort in your knees, whatever. At some point, from outside, a guest mission. Our practice is to welcome guests. Something new may appear. You might not even know it. 
during a day of sitting, during three days of sitting, which we will be doing again. During a period of zazen, sometimes, somehow, it might be that a guest shows up. Someone we haven't known before. Some aspect of our own body-mind that we had not been familiar with before. I guess showing up is an opportunity for new intimacy. Sometimes the guest may be a new sender. Everywhere life is sufficient in its own way. How do we appreciate this life, this wholeness, this yet again another opportunity to sit sasa, another opportunity to be present in this dusty world just as it is. So, you might notice sometime today when that guest shows up. Please welcome all the guests, all the beings are part of this wholeness that we, is each of us. So Shito, Sekito, our great ancestor in the 700s in China said, he said, the middling are lowly, but that's all of us, you know. <laughs> Can't help wondering, will this hut perish or not? And our Sangha continues to work to look for uh, a, a long-term, full-time, bigger space for ancient dragon sand game, new temple in Chicago. But in the meantime, we have this wonderful Lincoln Square Zendo. It's wonderful. Thank you all for enjoying it, for, for bringing it to life on this day and other days. Will this hut perish or not? You know, it does happen that Zendos go away. Irving Park Zendo went away. The great Nalanda University, the great complex of monasteries in northeastern India, was destroyed in the 1100s. It's not there anymore. I talked to somebody, a Japanese person when I was living there, who visited the site of Nalanda. So we can look at the relics of old Zendos. As it happens, one time in the <clears throat> 1970s at Tassajara Monastery, where some of you have been, Michigan, for a few years, back in the 70s, the Zendo burnt down. Back then, the Zendo was next to the dining room. It's now the uh, student dining room. 
So they needed to build a new Zendu. for the next practice period. And Paul Disco, one of our friends here, great temple architect, uh, got together the students and quickly organized and built a temporary Zenda at Tussahar. Very lovely temporary Zenda. In fact, that is still the Zendo at Tassahur. So some of you have seen it. It was called a temporary Zendo. It's in pretty good shape. And Paul Disco is now helping us look, uh, consider other spaces in Chicago and helping with financing that so that we can have a Zendo where all of you can also be here, although we will also have Zoom available. But in the meantime, and for as long as we need before that happens, we are wonderfully blessed. So those of you who couldn't be here today, please come when you can, or please continue coming online to this new, wonderful, wonderful temporary center, temporary Lincoln Square Center. We're very fortunate to be here. So, uh, it's the day of celebration. It's the day of just so much time. Yes, to dedicate this space. In our practice here, in our practice together, and how Sangha continues. So, congratulations, everybody. It's wonderful. So, we have a little bit of time if anybody wants to make a comment respond in some ways, please feel free. Wade, you can help me call on the people online. Maybe I'll see if anybody here raises their hand. So going back to India 2,500 years ago, people have been doing this practice. Wade. Uh, Nicholas online has his hand up. Hi, Nicholas. Are you joining us from Indiana today? I am. I am indeed. Okay. And I'm so grateful to be here on this uh, auspicious occasion. And um, and I, I've been thinking a lot about um, the the ceremony uh, when we left the zendo. Um, and Asian carried the 
I think it was the Buddha out of the room. And it's just, it was a great, powerful moment. And I can't even remember if we were live or uh, on Zoom. But um, anyway, so I'm glad I'm here for the return as well. And, um, you know, the, just the whole idea of the guest was, uh, I really needed to hear that because I've had a number of challenging guests that have shown up, you know, as hurricane destruction and blood clots and nursing homes and automobile accidents and challenging um, events. Um, but uh, because I've had a practice for a long time, I can, uh, you know, embrace it all without picking and choosing and, um, and just try to really show up for myself and, 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 and for others um, without, you know, having to give into my crazy mind. Um, so it was just very helpful to hear that. And I, I, I think I heard it right. I, I don't know if that applies to all kinds of things, but anyway, thank you. Grateful to be here. And, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, I will be in person, you know, there in person one day soon. So thank you. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, yes, please come and, and sit here with us. It's really lovely. So, Nicholas is joining us from Indiana. I see um, Co is here from Ohio. Oh, I saw Nathan here from Michigan. Oh, I saw Mark here from New Mexico. Anyway. Uh, many guests show up. <laughs> Other comments, responses, reflections. Oh, Kathy, hi. Hi, Kevin. Thank you for your talk. I, uh, I was just thinking about how we all have shifted and I and I was thinking there's something organic about shifting from one place to another for some time not have any any place online. And it made me think of sometimes when I'm out walking in natural settings, I like to sit and watch fish and um, geese and ducks. And they, as a flock, sometimes shift position, you know, or fish, like one or two will go to a new area, and then they all gradually go there, and then they're again, and then, and, and birds do that too, and it feels like we've kind of done that organically. Yes. Not in a way I would have predicted that's the guess. We can't predict it. We can't control it. We don't know where the next temporary center will be. But here we are. So that's really cool. Patient. Tugging your talk and Kathy's comment just now reminded me of a the very first Dharma talk that Nyozan gave at the Seneca when he talked about sanctuary and 
building a sanctuary and related it to, I think, but I think he was also talking about taking refuge. And um, one of the questions that he was sort of entertaining was the idea of what makes something a sanctuary? You know, we, what, with, a, with, a, with an animal sanctuary or a bird sanctuary, what makes it a sanctuary? And what makes it a sanctuary is that it has things that animals and birds need or want or flock to. And, um, you know, we could, we could rope off a parking lot and call it a sanctuary, but it wouldn't really be a sanctuary because it doesn't have anything to attract anyone but cars. So maybe it's a car sanctuary. <laughs> so, but here we are in our sanctuary, taking refuge and, um, and being joined by those who are taking refuge online in our sanctuary. And I think that that speaks to the need that all of us as beings have for something that we find here. And I won't, you know, what that is, is maybe different for each individual and maybe ineffable. Well, I would just say it's Buddha. We're here because of Buddha. And Buddha is not some being who lived in some other time or some other place. Buddha's right here. And we arrange temporary sendos, sanctuaries to foster that. So thank you. Yes. We, uh, I just want to express my gratitude, and I think the whole sound is gratitude to Hubetsu for allowing us to have this place where we can meet, to have this place that is a sanctuary for us after being adrift for so long the last year during COVID, to now have a place. So with very, very deep bows. Thank you very much, Hubetsu, for offering us this venue for us to meet to be with one another again. Amen. Thank you, David, and everyone. You know, this has been our home for a long time. You know, many of you have spent hours upstairs stitching your robes, socializing, holding cranes, doing little art projects for the Dharma. So I think this is, you all brought this to fruition through that. So this is an old home. This is an old home for us in some ways. Temporary as it is. Thank you, Miss. In that old grass hut that Sekito Shito sat in the 700s, that's also our old home. We find our seat together in Sangha in all kinds of wonderful temporary spaces. Some of them, like Paul Disco's temporary Zendo at Tassahara last for more than 50 years, and it's in pretty good shape, you know, that's a good while longer. Thank you very much, and everybody who, many people made this necessary.
impossible.